Welcome back to the We Know Fantasy podcast. My name is Nate, the We Know Fantasy. Um, I am joined here. It is not the Fantasy Fro this week. We have a different uh, uh, a voice here for you guys. This is uh, Brian. Brian's uh, one of our contributors on We Know Fantasy. How are you today, Brian? Doing good. How are you, boss? Oh, doing just fine. Doing just fine. Uh, the Fro has a, I think he has an early morning cross-country meet. He's a cross-country coach, so that's where he is. Getting some... Uh, you know, last minute Z's in before that, uh, you know, big district race for his for his squad over there. So Brian's joining us today, like I said. And uh, Brian, tell the f- uh, people here a little bit about yourself. What do you do? Uh, what's your f- uh, experience of fantasy football and things of that nature? Um, so I started playing fantasy football in like 2015, uh, and I got hooked. I love numbers. I've always been a numbers guy. Uh, I started my own website, the Fantasy Cheat Code. Uh, it's January, actually. Um, and... As of September, I believe, I started working for We Know Fantasy, uh, just kind of covering breaking news and the fantasy implications. So, yeah, it's pretty much my experience. Yeah. Uh, so, before we move on, Brian, if people were to want to follow you on uh, social media, where can they find you? Um, so, we have a new Twitter handle, uh, so bear with me. Um, I'm officially at Brian Wentworth FF with no O in the worth. They didn't give me room for it, but it's a new handle. Brian Wentworth FF. Follow me there. All right, I have to uh, get the edit there on the We Know Fantasy Contributor section on the website. I didn't know that the there was a new uh, change here in your handle. But remember, my name is Nate with We Know Fantasy. It can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at We Know Fantasy. Uh, like the uh, like Brian mentioned, uh, you can visit our website, weknowfantasy.com. We have a great group of contributors, and Brian's one of those, uh, that have some great weekly content. You know, we have uh, Cody does a player rankings. I do a B team. There's a buy low, sell high series by Steven. Uh, like Brian, he's uh, a breaking news guy, Meg. And we have a new contributor named Nick. He will be doing some breaking news as well. Uh, I'll be back Monday night for the Waiver Wire Wishlist podcast. Uh, that's where I go through the must-add waivers wire uh, editions of the week. So, uh be on the lookout for that. And tomorrow, the We Know Fantasy Contributors Podcast will be out. I think this is week three or week four. We're uh, chugging right along. You know, Brian's usually on that, but he's here with me this week. And he's uh, going a little vacation tomorrow, I, I believe. So he will be absent from that. That's why he's here with me today. I think uh, our main man, Nick, will make his uh, debut tomorrow as well. So be, pay attention for that as well. Uh, we're also still looking for some contributors, mainly for fantasy basketball, hockey, baseball, uh, Premier League, anything of that nature. If you are a fantasy football nut or fantasy sports nut and want to jump on this uh, growing team we have here, uh, feel free to reach out to me and uh, we'll go from there. But uh, let's jump into what we're here to talk about today. Uh, this is going to be more of a uh, you know trade-based podcast. We're going to talk about some trades that happened and the impact, which is fitting because Brian actually has produced articles on the two guys will uh, on our website. The two guys we're going to talk about today, and uh, we'll talk about some trade rumors, uh, what we think about those, the impact uh, if these are to go down, and of course we'll always add our must-start players of the week. So let's kick it off here. Mohamed Sanu was traded. Oh, was it yesterday morning when I woke up? There was news that Mohamed Sanu was traded to the New England Patriots. Uh, since then, though, there's been, there's, been, there's been some more news. And, uh, Brian, what, what's going on here uh, with New England with Josh Gordon? Um, so it looks like Josh Gordon has uh, that knee injury he suffered against the Giants. was more serious than we thought. The Patriots placed him on IR, and they're planning to release him once he's healthy. This tells me the Patriots had no intentions of re-signing him. Uh, the second-round pick for Sanu, he has two years left on his deal. I was under the impression the Patriots might try and flip Sanu at the end of the year, but I think that means Sanu's the replacement. He is the new receiver on the Patriots. They're going to carry for two years. Uh, Josh Gordon is officially no longer a Patriot. 
Yeah, even if Jeff Gordon, uh, Jeff Gordon, geez, NASCAR here, Josh <laughs> Gordon, Josh Gordon is to get healthy. He will. He can only come back. I think week sixteenth earliest. You know, with that eight week IR tag on him. And that's if uh, you know, he's going to get waived at the end of the season. So who knows if anyone will even claim him for the rest of the season? I highly doubt that. But Mohamed Sunu comes over. I'm a big Sunu guy. So far this season, he's seen 42 targets for 33 receptions, 313 yards, and a touchdown through seven games. And actually, he has out snapped Julio Jones in Atlanta. He's seen 80.7% of offensive snaps in Atlanta. That's most by Atlanta Falcon this year. So, you know, that uh, durability, the big, uh, nice, solid hands over the middle there for uh, another Tom Brady weapon. Um, I don't think this is a – this is not like a, a Josh Gordon-esque type of player. This is a, a, a dude who is a who is a possession guy. He's not your speedster down the, down the sideline you're going to toss the ball up to. But let's talk about some of the impacts this is going to have uh, on Snoop himself. Let's start there. Do you believe Sanu is to uh, see an increase in, vo- in volume or in value, fancy wise, than he did in Atlanta moving to New England? Uh, now that Josh Gordon is no longer in the picture, I do. Uh, Dorsett's going to be the outside guy. Uh, Nikhil Harry coming off IR, he's going to probably fill Gordon's role. Um, but I think we're going to see Sanu turn into the Amendola role, that second slot receiver who's going to give you big games when Edelman's, you know, being bracketed or shut out. Edelman gets hurt. This is your Edelman insurance. But he's more of a big body slot receiver. He's not like the Julian Edelman, small, speedy, scrappy. Sanu's a bigger guy. He's got better, you know, ability to catch the ball and fight for it. Edelman does that because he's scrappy. Um, so I think this is an interesting move by the Patriots. And I think he has wide receiver three flex value. I don't know if it's right away because Tom Brady's a more trust-based quarterback. But I think uh, towards like the fantasy stretch when people are trying to make their playoff stretch, Sanu might be on a lot of those teams. Yeah, and let's not forget to mention that this Patriots offense is super complex. It's not one you can come in and learn right away. So it takes a few weeks to get that playback into your mind, uh, you know, and build that trust with Tom Brady and Bel- Belichick, of course. Like uh, Brian said, Philip Dorsett's kind of kind of the uh, guy I believe to lose the most value. He, he started the season with some good value. I was all over him if you listen to the Wavewire Wishless podcast. I love this guy. But he since it's fallen off, you know, Julian Edelman will never be affected by any transaction that the uh, that the Patriots are to made or to make. It's just Julian Edelman will be Julian Edelman no matter what. So if you're an Edelman owner, do not freak out. You know, Josh Gordon owners, this is – Mohamed Sanu is, you know, coming in essentially for him. But Nikhil Harry is is another guy coming off of uh, uh, IR. You know, this is week seven. We're rolling up to week eight, so he can be coming off here shortly. Uh, the rookie first round – the actual first ever first round uh, wide receiver taken in the Bill Belichick era so you know they think highly of this guy so a lot of things happening there in New England but let's, let's switch over to this Falcon side there's a lot of fancy impact here I think Calvin Ridley takes a huge step forward he was uh he had 44 targets 29 receptions 373 yards and four touchdowns with seven games has played 71.8 percent of offensive snaps this is 42 targets and news taken away and there really isn't anyone you know beyond Sanu that was on this team you have your Justin Hardy who has seen it uh 16.6 percent of offensive snaps but this Hardy's not a guy that you're going to trust to throw the ball so I think uh of this trade I think the biggest boost in any player you're going to see here is a Calvin Ridley do you agree with that Brian I do. Uh, I had him as my biggest winner from this trade, uh, mainly because it's not you're not fighting for targets. Uh, as far as like fantasy goes, I, I have like this rule of four, um, where I think a team can typically support about four offensive weapons depending on how high power to the offense. So you have Calvin Ridley, Austin Hooper, uh, Devonta Freeman, and I guess Sanu could have fit in, but it just wasn't there. It's kind of like three right now uh, with Freeman, 
Hooper. Uh, oh, Julio Jones. That's the fourth. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was sorry for Julio. He existed. So, yeah, there's the rule of four. So, I think Sanu kind of boosts Ridley into that fourth option that can be bolstered. And I think this really solidifies Austin Hooper's role because there's been a lot of matchups where both could have thrived, but it continued to be Austin Hooper. So, I think he's really solidified his role on this team. So, I think he's the second biggest winner. Yeah, if you pay attention to the Falcons over the past, uh, what is it, a year or two, uh, Matt Ryan has loved to go to Mohamed Sanu in the red zone. Sanu is a pretty high percentage uh, touchdown guy because of these red zone targets. You're taking that away from him. You know, Calvin Ridley does a lot of touchdowns, uh, but, you know, Austin Hooper may be that, you know, he's always going to be your first look, but he's going to get even more looks now that, you know, the big body Mohamed Sanu is out of town. Another trade that went down yesterday. This is more. This happened in the afternoon. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is getting shipped off to San Francisco to the San Francisco 49ers. Let's see. Through the uh, first seven games of the season, he's seen 11 targets for 30 receptions, 367 yards, and two touchdowns. There isn't a a, a real big impact here. I think uh, I think Sanders would actually have more value if he stayed in Denver, just because. When you're coming to San Francisco, they're going to run the ball first and foremost with their, you know, three-hand monster in the backfield, you know, Breida, Coleman, and uh, even Marine Mostert. When uh, uh, Kyle Yusek comes back, he gets his touches. Um, there's just too much going on here in 49ers. I'm a 49ers fan. Love this trade. He's exactly what the 49ers needed. They needed that sure-handed veteran uh, down the sideline where they can get big plays, stretch the field, things of that nature. But not many people had value there in the receiving corps, you know, outside of George Kittle. You had your Dante Pettis, who was coming on. Uh, you have your Marquise Goodwin, who, you know, catches his one or two passes a game. And Debo Samuel uh, was doing that well there. He missed the last game with an injury, but that rookie's been doing well as well. But all these guys take a step back. Sanders comes in, but I just don't think there's that big of a jump up for Sanders uh, coming over to San Francisco. I would actually prefer him as a fantasy football owner in Denver. Where do you, where do you stand on this uh, trade here for Sanders, Brian? Yeah, I think his, uh, if there's any 49ers receiver I'm going to want to own now, I do think it is going to be Sanders. They paid for him for a reason. They obviously think they need help at the position. Um, but they're 31st in the NFL in pass attempts or passing plays, and I think Garoppolo is 26th in pass attempts. So it's not like they're throwing the ball enough for me to want Sanders, and they do have a lot of mouths to feed. George Kittle, uh, the running backs do get their snaps out of or their catches out of the backfield. Brita, for example. Uh, Dante Pettis was starting to come into his own this season after his great uh, tail end of last season. So I don't know. I, I, I think Sanders probably the receiver to own, if any, uh, but I'm trying to avoid it if I can, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I was trying to get there on the uh, Dante Pettis train, you know, after he had that six six uh, target game uh, two weeks ago, and I thought he's going to start seeing things. But they went out, they got themselves their, their veteran guy, and it, it's what they needed there in San Francisco. But on the Denver side of the ball, you know, Cortland Sutton now steps into this wide receiver one for the Denver Broncos. You know, there's that obvious jump there. But I think the biggest winner of all these, I guess there's a two trades that happened yesterday, is Deshaun Hamilton. I know Brian's high on this guy. I uh, wrote about it in his article. But uh, Deshaun Hamilton has seen 62.6% of offensive snaps this year, 22 targets, 11 receptions, 106 yards, no touchdowns. But uh, if you were to remember the last year when uh, Emmanuel Sanders were was, uh, left or what do you do? Tear Achilles or, or, or ACL? He, he had a he had a tear in his leg somewhere. But uh, when Sanders Achilles. left, was it Achilles? That's what it was. Yes. Um, which is amazing that a thirty year old receiver was able to come back by the start of the season from an Achilles tear. The more than I think human. about it. Not but uh, uh, when Sanders left last year, there was three games where Hamilton played without him uh, from week 
12 to week 14. And that, and that three games, he saw 29 targets, 18 receptions, 135 yards, and a touchdown. So if you were to take those averages and put them over a nine-game uh, nine game series where he is now going to be without Sanders, you get 87 targets, 54 receptions, 405 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, that's 112.5 fantasy points moving forward. And this guy's only just 6% of Yahoo and 8.4% of ESPN leagues. So I'm a big Hamilton guy uh, moving forward. I think you should go out and get him now that you know Sanders is off the books. And um, this is a team that's going to be down early and often have to throw the ball to get from behind. Sutton's their guy now. But Hamilton, Hamilton steps into that uh, role there. Are you as high on Hamilton as I am, Brian? I am. I actually, uh, in my article, I did write about how I think he – I would rather pick up Kenny Stills than Hamilton, but if you do miss out on the Kenny Stills, pick up Hamilton. And I did I did just pull it up on Player Profiler right now, looking at his uh, weeks 14, 15, and 16 without Sanders. He was the wide receiver 14, the wide receiver 31, but he was 7 for 46 with no touchdown. And then in week 16, championship week against Oakland, he was 6 for 40 and a touchdown. That was wide receiver 22. So I think there's definitely some value to be had there. Obviously, he had Case Keenum, not Joe Flacco, but I still think there's some value to be had here, and he is definitely a guy who should be owned. Yeah, he, uh, Keenum was the was a guy last year. You know, he's probably at this point of his career a better passer than Joe Flacco. Maybe not a more efficient passer than Joe Flacco, but a better passer in a sense of fancy value there. So we'll see what Deshaun Hamilton has in store for us for the rest of the season. We're going to talk about a few trade rumors here, some of the bigger names floating around. Uh, we'll talk about where we think they may go, what some of the rumors are, some of the teams they they're, they're, uh, could go to, and uh, we'll just we'll just run down the list here. We'll start with AJ Green, probably the biggest name that's rumored to move this this uh, trade period. Let's see, we have I think six days until the trade deadline, so Wednesday I think oh, wow. next week is the trade deadline. I believe I think it's the thirtieth or the 29th. Twenty uh, ninth. Yeah. So six days. So next week when we have our our next uh, podcast, we'll we'll be past the uh, waiver or not the waiver wire. Uh, two minutes fantasy, fo- fantasy football happening. The trade deadline. So AJ Green, you know some of the play, uh, teams that could make a play for him. You know you have the Saints, Eagles, Packers, Raiders, and Colts all need wide receiver help. Um, there was some rumors around uh, Twitter last night. I saw that you know Green Bay Packers had agreed to a deal to acquire AJ Green. Of course, there was no legs of that, and it was just some speculation on on Twitter. But the Bengals actually come out and stated that they are not to move. They're not going to move AJ Green. And uh, Brian and I were talking about this before the uh, podcast, before we went on air here. And uh, um, he, he mentioned that this is something I never really thought about. The Bengals don't like to trade players. Um, what were you saying about that, Brian? Yeah. So um, back, like, take the Carson Palmer trade. Um, that was like ripping teeth for the Raiders to trade for Carson Palmer. Yes, they've, they've, they've traded players before, but like they had already moved on from Carson Palmer and they didn't want to trade him to the Raiders. They, they just have this thing in their franchise where if you look at their history, it's like pulling teeth to try and get them to trade a player. Um, like Ocho Cinco, I think, was traded for a fifth-round pick like way back in the day, but that oh, he was way past it at that point. I think they had already acquired A.J. Green to be his replacement. I'm not sure. Um but it's they're they're not a franchise that likes to trade their players. They like to hold them, and if they leave, they leave. So I don't think AJ Green gets traded. AJ Green has come out and said he doesn't want to get traded. Um, I do think the Packers could make a move, though. I think he would be a good fit there. Um, I also think the Raiders could use him too. I think that's probably the biggest name I'm seeing here on this list. I think the Raiders could use him if they traded for him. Yeah, Raiders are kind of sneaky hanging in there. They need some help on the outside, so A.J. Green would be a nice addition there. Um, another wide receiver that could be on the move, Robbie Anderson. 
Uh, actually, I've seen the Eagles tag to this guy a lot this offseason, and that's because last year they offered a fourth-round pick for this guy, and the Jets turned it down. So with the Eagles this year, Deshaun Jackson hasn't played essentially since week one. You know, week two, he, he suited up but left. You know, Alshon has missed a game or missed two games essentially where he was injured in one and missed another one. So they need some help here. You know, they're falling behind. You know, but you're, you're never really out in the NFC East because it's always that very competitive, you know, nine, ten win team winning, winning division. So you're never really out there. I think they're sub 500. They're not really out. So they're still a team that could make a move. Um, do you see Anderson as a good fit in Philadelphia? And if he is to move, do you think Philadelphia is a place he could end up? Uh, yeah, I do. With Deshaun Jackson basically not going to play this season, it seems. I think he'd be a good speedy guy on the outside uh, to help Carson Wentz out. I think this would probably be the best fit. Um, I don't know if the Jets do trade him. I think maybe with Adam Gase now we might see him traded. I know the Patriots did try to make a move for him, I think. It might have just been speculation uh, for him in the offseason, and they didn't seem to want to get rid of him. Um, Adam Gase, he does like to let go of players he has a grudge with. So if we do see Robbie Anderson move, it's very possible. And I think Philly would be probably the best landing spot. Yeah, just with that history, them already, them already trying to acquire him. There's that because you know that franchise or that, that team wants him and has tried already to make a move for him. You know, <coughs> excuse me, Anderson is only 26 years old. You know, this is a young team. You know, you have your your Sam Darnold and, and things of that nature. So I don't know if, if the Jets are willing to move this guy just yet, but if he is to go, I think the uh, Eagles are a place to really look out for. Uh, yeah. A running back? Okay. A running back that could be on the move here, Kenyon Drake. I think there's a lot of speculation. We've seen even in the offseason about possibly moving Kenyon Drake. Um, do you do? You, where's a good fit that you think Drake could land, Brian? Tampa. That'd be a Bruce good place. Arians. Bruce Arians really needs that that big name running back that he can just use both in the in the ground game and the passing game. I don't know if Drake is that. Uh, I know that's a lot of people's favorite landing spot for him, though. Running backs are so hard to trade in the NFL, though. Yeah, you got to find a very desperate team, and Tampa definitely is that. Um, you know, Kenyon Drake is actually a very good pass catching back. Last year under Adam Gacy proved that he had a very good season there catching the football. Um, another place, maybe Detroit with Kieran Johnson out for a while, hit the IR there. I think they're, I think they're set though with their Ty Johnson and JD McKissick. McKissick. I, can't, I can never say that. I can never say that guy's name. I struggled so hard on the podcast on Monday. Uh, uh, that's a place maybe Houston, you know, they're still trying to run Carlos Hyde there. It's not really working out. You know, Carlos Hyde's a limited runner, but we'll see if Kenyon Drake moves. Uh, just a quick note here. Kansas City? Yeah, they're struggling. They have all these names back there that we've all somehow fallen in love with each one. You know, McCoy and, and the Williams brothers, not really brothers, but the Williams guys back there, Daryl and Damien. This is a place that could go. Uh, you know, good pass catching back, younger guy. I think Drake, for some reason, I feel like he's 900 years old, but I think he's in his, like, what, 25? Yep, uh, 25. He's young, yeah, he's young. Yeah, so he's young. So this is a place that's a good landing spot. Never really thought about Kansas City for the guy. I just thought of it now. Um, yeah, so, uh, OJ Howard, I guess the Patriots tr made an attempt to acquire him, but Tampa shut that down pretty, pretty early. You know anything about this as a Patriots fan there, Brian? Uh, I do. I do think it was definitely in play. Um, Patriots are really hurting for a tight end and Tampa's not using OJ Howard. I don't understand it. Like some, there was, there was a split in the off season. There was half the fantasy community said, no rational coaching. OJ Howard will have a role. Then there was the other half of the community that said, Bruce Arians 
doesn't use his tight ends. And sure enough, you know, the, the latter one, um, they're not using him. And even when they do use the tight end, it's Cameron Bright. So I think OJ Howard might need a fresh start. The Patriots would probably be the best spot. They really do need a, a Gronkowski, someone who can block and catch the ball. And OJ Howard can do that. He's a freak athlete. Uh, I would love to see this move personally. I don't think it happens though. The money's too cheap for OJ Howard right now. He's, he's a, on his rookie contract still. I, I don't buy it. I'm definitely guilty of, you know, hyping OJ Howard this offseason. I love the guy and I thought he would get, you know, Bruce Aaron is such a pass happy guy. I just thought the, uh, you know, his, his, his talent, Bruce Aaron's when's the last time he had a, a talented tight end as, you know, OJ Howard, there really wasn't that guy in Arizona, uh, or no. even in, or even in Indianapolis. So, I think, uh, I think, I think he, he, I thought he should have used OJ Howard, but he's just blowing my mind not using this very talented guy. Um, uh, some trades here that may happen. The Browns are, 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 are attempting to try to find a, an offensive tackle. They're in on Trent Williams. Not sure if Washington wants to make that move, but, uh, the more recent news, I guess, is Nate soldier of the, uh, New York giants, the former longtime new England Patriot as well. Um, I guess there are reports that John Dorsey, you know, GM of the Browns have tried to acquire Williams, Trent Williams, that is multiple times. I know this doesn't have, you know, direct fantasy Im- uh, impact or value because you're not, you know, going out and pick up a Trent Williams. But if you get a, uh, an all, an all pro type left tackle on this team, Baker's value goes up and therefore, you know, OBJ and, uh, Jarvis Landry. Uh, and of course the running backs, Nick Chubb, this value goes up. They need an offensive line there. Uh, there's some shaky lines across the league. Are there any other teams at the top of your head that can make a make a play for these two guys, Brian? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I definitely think the Browns are probably the the most likely team in. I could see the Patriots being in on one of these two left tackles. Maybe they want a Nate Soldier reunion. Um, that's only if Isaiah Wynn isn't coming off IR, and the Patriots seem very confident they are getting their left tackle back. Um, there's a lot of teams that need offensive line help, but not a lot of them are contenders. And the Browns seem to think they're still a contender, so I think they'd probably be the best fit team to try and get him. Maybe I know Houston Texans have done a lot to improve their line this offseason, but it's still a pretty shaky line. Maybe something down there. But like you said, usually a part of success can link to your success on the offensive line. So if you have a very bad offensive line, you're probably out of contention at this point. So uh, that's something to think about as well. So uh, that's the uh, trade part of this podcast. We're going to jump into our must-start players of the week. We have... uh, I have one each of each position. Do you as well, Brian? I do, yes. All right, awesome. We'll just run down through these guys quick. I'll start here the running back, and then we'll have Brian go running back. Uh, well, we'll all go quarterback, but I meant he'll start at running back and we'll so on and so forth. So I'll start here on the quarterback. My quarterback uh, to start this week is Jared Goff of the Los Angeles Rams. He had his big week as expected against the Falcons, and now he gets a uh, amazing team matchup here at the god-awful Bengals secondary this week. So uh, ride Jared Goff, and uh, don't be too worried about, you know, he had that. A lot of people were skeptical about him. He had a pretty tough schedule to start the season, but he's getting some good matchups here. Atlanta, very poor secondary. Bengals, very poor secondary. So make sure you, you know, you're feeling Jared Goff this week. So who's your quarterback, Brian? Uh, my quarterback start of the week is Kirk Cousins. Uh, I know he doesn't have Adam Thielen this week. But I looked it up. Washington is currently ranked 17th against quarterbacks. You can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes. Uh, I looked at some of the quarterbacks they've played and some of the matchups they had. They had the Miami package. They had the rookie Daniel Jones in his second start. Um, they've, had, they've allowed three top 12 quarterback finishes. 
all to the bigger name quarterbacks, but they also allowed Mitch Trubisky to finish as a top fourteen quarterback. And we're considering That's hard him, to do. Yeah, we're considering <laughs> the next Blake Bortles. Um, what is so it, Midwest Blake Bortles? Yes, the Midwest Blake Bortles. I understand he doesn't have Adam Thielen, but he has Stephon Diggs, and a lot of people don't remember this is the revenge game where he shows Washington you shouldn't have cut him. So I'm going with Kirk Cousins. He's a good streaming option if you need it. All right, you kick you kick us off here with your running back to start. Um, so I'm going with Jamal Williams as uh, my running back start. It's okay, a little bit of a deeper okay. start um, if you need a bye week filler. I understand Aaron Jones is still the guy you want to own, and you're obviously starting Aaron Jones. I need to say that now. But Kansas City has allowed the ninth most points to fantasy running backs. Um, you know, it's not only Jones's backfield. It is still a split. Jamal Williams has had an up and down in carries. He actually only had three carries against the Raiders. But I think the blueprint to beat Kansas City is run the ball. Run the ball. This team cannot stop the run. They don't have to worry about Pat Mahomes on the other side of the ball. Um, but I still think this is going to be a run-heavy game for the Packers. They might get out to an early lead. And uh, it'll be a split between Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. And I think you can confidently start Jamal Williams as like an RB3 flex play. Good looks there. I'm going to go with a guy you just picked off waiver wires, and that's Ty Johnson. Slide him right into your starting lineup. I know it's a gamble here, but he does have the New York Giants, who will give him the third most fantasy points to opposing running backs. Like the Kansas City Chiefs, the Giants can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass either, but they can't stop the run. Uh, expect the Lions to get up on this team. Uh, this this entire Giants team, you know, they had that hot start. They rallied behind uh, Daniel Jones, but they've since really fallen off there. So expect the Lions to be up, running the ball. You know, Ty Johnson's going to get his touches, and JD's going to get his touches as well. But I'm really confident that Ty Johnson's going to have himself a pretty decent week this week. Uh, let's move on here to wide receiver. So my wide receiver must start of the week is John Brown of the Buffalo Bills. It's it. it's it's very simple. It's very simple. So when you're sitting down into your lineup, Google Eagle schedule. Whoever <laughs> whoever they play, take the wide receiver one from that team and put them into your lineup because that person's about to go off. The Eagles secondary is atrocious. Whatever wide receiver one, uh, this isn't wide receiver one in fantasy value. This is wide receiver one for a team. Lines up on the Eagles is going to have a great week. John Brown is that guy for the Buffalo Bills. The four and one Buffalo Bills. What are they? Actually, they're five and one. Are they not? They're five yeah, and they're one. Five and one. They're the five and one man. Buffalo Bills coming out firing. Josh Allen throwing the deep ball. John Brown. I'm um, going to touchdown here. So make sure John Brown's your lineup this week. Oh, it's going to be two touchdowns. I'll tell you that. John I'll take Brown's it. Going to go I'll take it off. Uh, so my wide receiver start of the week is Kenny Stills. So Will Fuller is basically out. Um, he's droppable for now, in my opinion, um, because his hamstring injury is expected to make him miss a lot of time. Um, there's a vacated 21% of this team's targets and 18% of their red zone targets. And Oakland is the fifth best matchup fantasy wide receivers. I don't think I need to say much more. Kenny Stills moves right into your lineup, and he is my must-start of the week. He is a wide receiver, too, all yeah, day this a, week. That's a good one there. I've been a Kenny Stills guy, Kenny Stills guy since that trade was made. There was just too much happening there, but Will Fuller's out, so Stills can show what he can do. So uh, we have one more position here, the tight end. And, uh, Brian, kick us off here. So my tight end start of the week is kind of a two-pack. It, it, it's honestly going to depend. If Delaney Walker plays, he's my start of the week. If he doesn't, pivot to Jonu Smith. That's the other tight end on the Titans. Um, but the Bucks have allowed the second most points to the tight end this season. And Jonu Smith had a role last week against a hard 
matchup. The Chargers are not, you know, a good matchup for tight ends. They're not a bad matchup either. We saw Vance McDonald torch them. Um, so he had a role. Ryan Tannehill seems to have gotten the passing game moving. It, this Bucks team can't defend anyone, and they can't defend the tight end either. So if you need a streamer, I'm going with Delaney Walker or Jonu Smith. They should both be on your waiver wire, um, and I think they're a good start if you need them. Yeah, I was looking at Delaney Walker myself, and I uh, love that matchup there. But I'm going to go with the uh, Jimmy Graham of the, of the uh, Green Bay Packers. So, you know, usually I, I steer away from the, you know, the, the tight end of the Green Bay Packers. But over his last four games, Jimmy Graham has seen – has caught 15 of 21 targets for 184 yards and two touchdowns. Gets Kansas City this week, which is uh, this is probably projected to be the highest scoring game. You know, Packers Kansas City. I know uh, you just said that the success here is running the ball, but they're gonna have to pass the ball. A lot of points could be hung up here. We're not sure uh, with Patrick Mahomes out, but that offense still has a, has a ton of firepower. Um, Kansas City secondary is also rather poor, so I think Jimmy Graham keeps this hot start going. He's had his, he has this connection now with Aaron Rodgers, and I think uh, he's gonna have himself a week and continue this uh, pretty nice four game stretch he's put together here. Yeah, he is definitely uh, for those who lost Hunter Henry earlier in the season, maybe didn't get him back. Or just those OJ Howard owners. He's been a good tight end fill, and I like this start. I think he's uh. I don't know if he's quite there yet, but he might be at that point where he might just be a set it and forget it tight end and just pray. Yeah, he may be that tight end that you pick off the waiver wire mid-season that actually, you know, like you just said, you don't have to start streaming. You don't have to continue to stream in the, uh, the position there and could be that guy you can slap right in there week in and week out. So that's yeah. it. That's what we have for uh, today's show. Uh, anything else you want to add, Brian, since uh, I have you here? Uh, I just want to say thanks for having me on. And make sure you check out uh, WeKnowFantasy.com. There we go, doing the plugs for me. Uh, since you're plugging away, uh, one more time, where can the people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brian Wentworth. That is W-R-T-H-F-F. Uh, that's where you'll find me on Twitter, and you can see all my great We Know Fantasy articles. You'll see my own rankings, and I will answer all your questions. Yeah, guys, make sure you head over there and follow him. He's He's been with us, like I said, September, so he's been there for a, a bit. You know, always on top of his game, always putting out a lot of content on our website, uh, weknowfantasy.com, pumping out the breaking news content with some great analysis as well. So head over there and follow the guy, uh, a great guy to have on the We Know Fantasy team. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow for the Contributors Podcast. Uh, I think we'll have uh, Cody, Steven, and Nick this week, so a new voice for you guys on that. Make sure you, you check back here. On Thursday and, of course, Monday, I'll be back with the Waiver Wire Wishlist podcast. But that's it for this week. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. I'll be back next week with the Fro, hopefully. But it was great having you on, Brian. And, uh, thank you. We'll see you guys. We'll see you guys later.